Greetings and welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is, the show that takes a closer look at songs from the rock and roll era, and we check out some of the stories behind those songs and the artists who made them famous. My name is Claude Call, and I am just glad to be with you. Remember to check out the website, howgooditis.com, and the Twitter and the Instagram, and of course the Facebook page, which you can find over at facebook.com slash pod. So since this weekend is the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, today's trivia is going to be related to that. Specifically, the Apollo 11 astronauts left a plaque on the surface of the moon. And I will have a picture of it for you at the website, but I'm also going to read it to you here. So the plaque reads, Here men from the planet Earth first set foot upon the moon, July 1969 A.D., we came in peace for all mankind. And then it has the names and the signatures of all three astronauts and U.S. President Richard Nixon. Now, on that plaque, there's an error. What error appears on the Apollo 11 moon plaque? As usual, I'll have that answer at the end of the program. So in the summer of 1969, I was a small child, six years old. And so this was the, the early fringe of my awareness of world events. And it was the night of July 20th that year when my father woke me up and brought me into the living room to see human history being made as Neil Armstrong became the first person to set foot on some place other than the planet Earth. Now, I don't claim to have had any great understanding of what was happening at, at the time, but I do have that memory. And it, it's kind of tough to quantify the excitement that people had for events that affected the entire nation in those years. And, and I don't know if it's a symptom of the, the death of monoculture, if there really hasn't been something that did such an amazing job of galvanizing everybody in the nation since that time. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that the 250th anniversary of the American Revolution will have a similar effect the way it did in 1976. But anyway, so the, the United States was genuinely excited about our space missions. Politically, it was a win for the U.S. because we had beaten the Soviet Union to the moon. But I don't think that people in general viewed it in those terms. I mean, certainly that was the initial impulse. When President John F. Kennedy was first approached about a moonshot, he turned down the NASA administrator. But then two things happened. First, in April of 1961, the Soviets put a human being into space. Okay, we hadn't done that yet. We had had some, we'd sent somebody up, it was suborbital. And then a few days after that, just a few days after that, came the botched Bay of Pigs invasion. So I'm almost certain that Kennedy needed something that was going to push the Bay of Pigs off the front pages. So it was that on May 25th, 1961, Kennedy made an announcement before a joint session of Congress. I therefore ask the Congress, above and beyond the increases I have earlier requested for space activities, to provide the funds which are needed to meet the following national goals. First, I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. No single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space. Now, NASA took an incremental approach over the next few years, with each step getting them closer to getting the job done. Apollo 8 did an orbit of the moon and then returned. Apollo 9 linked up the command module with the lander in Earth orbit, and then Apollo 10 did the same thing in lunar orbit. And then on July 16, 1969, Apollo 11 lifted off with Neil Armstrong, Michael Collins, and Buzz Aldrin aboard and traveled 240,000 miles over three days, entering lunar orbit on July 19th. On the 20th, 
Armstrong and Aldrin took the Eagle Lander down to the surface. And the whole thing was much more dangerous than anyone suspected, partly because a computer error, among a few other things, caused them to miss their target by several miles. So now, Neil Armstrong had to find a good place to land, and he was short on fuel. It was literally moments before he ran out that he was able to land. The lander touched down at 4.17 p.m. Eastern Time, but it wasn't until over six hours later that the hatch opened and Armstrong touched down on the moon's surface. I also saw when I was doing some of my research for this that Michael Collins had had said that he was he was up in the up in the lunar orbiter. He said he harbored a secret terror that he would be forced to leave his comrades behind because you know something can happen. We'd never done this before. He wrote, uh, "If they fail to rise from the surface or they crash back into it, I'm not going to commit suicide. I'm coming home, but I'm going to be a marked man for life, and I know it." And of course. Um, White House speechwriter William Sapphire had written um, a contingency address for President Nixon. You know, if they didn't make it back, here's the speech you're going to use. And that recently got released to the public. Uh, at any rate, uh, the lander touched down, like I said, 4.17 p.m. Six hours later, the hatch opened up and Armstrong touched down on the moon's surface. Now, as it happens, MGM Studios had cut a deal with NASA to make a film about the moon landing that would be released about a year afterward in 1970. But for some reason, MGM backed out just a few weeks before the launch. A lot of that footage was finally used in a documentary called Moonwalk One, which didn't really get a lot of attention. But a lot of it was also used in the recent film Apollo 11. So if you've seen that, you've seen a lot of the MGM footage. All of which leads up to the thing that I'm about to share with you. Shortly after the mission's successful completion, MGM Records released a 45 record commemorating the event. I couldn't find a specific release date, but it had to be quite soon afterward so that they could take advantage of the excitement. I'm going to play both sides of the recording with just a few seconds pause between side one and side two. But why some say the moon? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why, 35 years ago, fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. John Kennedy commits America to the creation of history, a calculated acceleration of man's evolution, the conquest of the biggest new frontier, space. This is Freedom 7. Project Mercury. And Alan Shepard becomes our first space hero. Then Grissom, Glenn, Carpenter, Shira, and Cooper. Then Gemini, the two-man mission, and the first American spacewalk by Ed White. Good thing about it, when, when Ed gets out there and starts wiggling around, it sure makes the spacecraft tough to control. The flight director says, get back in. The world's space flight endurance record by Cooper and Conrad. The world's first space rendezvous by Shira and Stafford. We're just flying a nose-to-nose, approximately 15 feet apart. You have just exceeded the world's men's space flight endurance record. The first docking okay. maneuver by Armstrong uh, and Scott. Good here from the ground. Uh, everything looks good from the docking. Then Apollo and tragedy. Gus Grissom, Ed White, and Roger Chaffee give their lives preparing the first flight to the moon. What we'll do now is That first flight succeeds beyond expectation. We are circling the moon. And we hear the first men to see and describe this new world. The horizon here is very, very dark. The sky is pitch black, and the earth, or the moon, rather, excuse me, is quite light. And the contrast between the sky and the moon is a vivid dark 
cooperation may never come again. Ten, nine, eight years since Kennedy's impossible challenge. Six, and now just five days from its incredible fulfillment. Two, one, zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Thirty-two minutes past the hour. Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Mike Collins are on their way to be the first men on the moon. Apollo 11, this is Houston at one minute. Trajectory and guidance look good, and the stage is good. Posterity, and for the half billion who are watching the most colossal adventure in their own history, as it happens. Roger, you're a go to you go to continue power descent. You're a go to continue power descent. Hundred feet, three and a half down, nine forward, five percent forward, forward, picking up some dust. Contact light. We copy you down, Eagle. Incidentally, that is uh, Hugh Downs who did the narration on that record. Now, uh, 
how well the record sold isn't really known to me. If you want to purchase your own copy, you can find it. The uh, catalog number is PX101 on MGM Records. You can find it ranging anywhere from under a dollar to about $15, or you can go to Buzz Aldrin's website and buy an autographed copy for a few hundred bucks. I have to note, I found a copy of this record over a year ago, and I sat on it all this time specifically so that I could use it this week, okay? And for the record, I got mine for $6. But there's another record that was rushed out shortly after Apollo 11 that did manage to make the charts. John Stewart was obviously moved by the event, and he ran into his studio to lay down this track. Black boy in Chicago Playing in the street Not enough to wear Not near enough to eat But don't you know he saw it On a July afternoon Saw a man named Armstrong Walk upon the moon Young girl in Calcutta Barely eight years old Flies around the marketplace We'll see she don't get old Don't you know she heard it On a July afternoon Heard a man named Armstrong Walked upon the moon So that song called Armstrong peaked at number 74 on the Billboard chart in September of 1969. If the name John Stewart isn't familiar to you, well, he was in the Kingston Trio. You might remember a song he did in 1979 called Gold, which had Stevie Nicks singing back up, and he is also the composer of the Monkees hit Daydream Believer. But wait, I got one more song. This next record was also released as a single, as near as I can tell, at the end of 1969, but I've also seen notes that suggest it was released in 1970. However, it was written specifically for President Nixon's state dinner honoring the Apollo 11 astronauts, and it was performed at Century City in Los Angeles on August 13th at that dinner. This is the Mormon Tabernacle Choir performing with the Philadelphia Brass Ensemble on a track called One Small Step. Mm -hmm. 
don't think One Small Step charted specifically, but I do know that you can also find it on their Greatest Hits Volume 3 album, and at that time it was one of their most requested songs. And now it's time to answer today's trivia question. Back on page two, I mentioned that there is a plaque on the moon, but it has an error on it. What was that error? Well, you didn't need to look at the plaque to pick it up. If you were listening carefully, you would have heard it because it's a grammatical error. See, when we typically refer refer to historical dates, most people nowadays will break it down into B.C., which stands for before Christ or B.C.E., before the Christian era, and A.D., which is short for the Latin phrase Anno Domini, meaning in the year of our Lord. Because of their literal meaning, A.D. is supposed to come before the date, and B.C. comes after. So we would say that Julius Caesar was assassinated in 44 B.C., but Pompeii was destroyed in A.D. 79. Thus, it's grammatically incorrect to say that something happened in July 1969 A.D. Also, if you really want to nitpick, there's a comma between 1969 and A.D. that doesn't belong there at all. And that's a full lid on another edition of How Good It Is. If you're enjoying the show, please take the time to share it with someone and maybe even leave a rating somewhere. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com or 
You can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram at HowGoodItIsPod. You can also visit, like, and follow the show's Facebook page at Facebook.com slash HowGoodItIsPod or... You can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com, where you might find a few extra bits. Thanks, as ever, to Podcast Republic for featuring the show, and thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time.